This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. my little infant cyborgs this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold all right ladies and gentlemen hopefully you uh, had an opportunity to listen to yesterday's podcast that was episode 45 and you took away the last few minutes of that show that's when we got into covering military.com's podcast left of boom an episode featuring dr peter emmanuel and dr diane deulius and if you remember folks what we are covering right now is this podcast with two of the authors of cyborg soldier 2050 the human machine fusion and the implications for the future of the department of defense and this podcast is very important and fits right into everything we've been talking about up until this point in the dust and gold standard and why so, folks? Well, just in the first few minutes, you heard Dr. Peter Emanuel say that the fourth industrial revolution is coming. Essentially, it's inevitable. And we are developing artificial intelligence and all of these other 4IR technologies. 4IR is the fourth industrial revolution. And he called us all infant cyborgs, folks. And said that we carry our cell phones everywhere with us. We don't leave home without them. I hope you took up my challenge and tried to go out for a drive, even for a few minutes without your cell phone in your hand or in your vehicle. But uh, yeah, so he makes the case, the same as Elon Musk, the same as Ray Kurzweil, the same as Dennis Bush now, that we are already cyborgs because we took the clickbait, we took the bait, we clicked the click. And uh, we have fused ourselves with machines already. And so the next logical step is going to be to fuse us with machine. Now, 
So you understand where we're going with this. We are going to work our way through this podcast because there's a lot of important elements embedded in it. Look, just in the first few minutes, we got this guy coming out of the DOD, coming out of the Army, telling us that 4IR uh, IR is inevitable. All right, and calling us all cyborgs. So there's a lot of nuggets that we're going to pick up in this podcast. And then there is a second part to this podcast, which I listened to the other day with two people who work for the government that are supposedly the ones looking out for the ethics involved with rolling this out. But what I picked up from that podcast, and we will be reviewing that next, uh, all of this is leading into the Biden executive order. And so what I picked up out of there is even the gentlemen that are supposedly in charge of ethics are on board with this. And the question is not if they can do all of this biohacking, uh, if they can hack all of us, if they can put brain implants in people, if they can genetically modify. The question is when they will start rolling it out and to what degree they will use it okay there's no question anymore if it can be done they are confident they have the technologies in place it's just a matter of when they roll it out and to what degree they do so and so that conversation you're going to find to be fascinating because they talk about how one of the ways to make it equitable in which they enhance a soldier cognitively and through genetic modification, it would only be fair if they rolled it out to the general public. Because you can't have soldiers, super steroid soldiers, walking around that are smarter and stronger than people, because then they will look down on the civilian population. Rightfully so, they say, because they will be superhuman. So one of the ways that they could cancel that out is by giving this technology to everyone. Yeah, you heard me right. Okay, so we're going to get into that. And then what we're going to do is we're going to work our way into Dr. James Giordano, one of the other co-authors of this Cyborg Soldier 2050 paper. And that's going to lead us into some in-depth coverage of DARPA's brain initiative, which I'm going to touch on here shortly, because that ties in to something I told you a couple of shows ago I was going to start digging into. During the lecture, the 2018 lecture by Dr. Charles Morgan III in front of the West Point Military Academy cadets and faculty, he mentioned at the end of his lecture that DARPA at that time in 2018 had received funding to start to implant 500 brain chip interfaces, brain machine interfaces into humans. And so I started doing a little digging on that. And that ties into the Brain Initiative, which was on my radar that we were going to talk about combined with Dr. James Giordano and that Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine Podcast on Fridays, has been looking at for several years and has kept me abreast of that situation. And so that was on my show notes list for a few shows from now, but I'm going to touch on it briefly today because it's important that I bring it in before we forget about old Dr. Chuck, Chucky Morgan III. But uh, let me just bring you up to speed on this Cyborg Soldier 2050 stuff in case you missed the last episode. So 
the two people who we are listening to in the Left of Boom podcast, that's a podcast by military.com, are uh, Dr. Peter Emanuel, PhD, okay? He is currently the senior research scientist for bioengineering at the United States Army Combat Capabilities Development Command Chemical Biological Center. And in this role, he advises Army leadership on emerging technologies in synthetic biology and bioengineering and exploitation of these new fields for applications that support national defense. Okay, so he's focused on emerging technologies in synthetic biology and bioengineering. So think of him like a Dr. Charles Morgan. His job is to keep his eye on certain technologies being developed out in the official science community out of academia by the black market biohackers and then figure out how they can be utilized, exploited um, for application in support of national defense. And Morgan thinks about it from the perspective of being exploited uh, for support of the intelligence apparatus. Okay, so we're listening to Dr. Peter Emanuel. He's the one who said basically fourth industrial revolution is inevitable. We are working on artificial intelligence, gene editing, all these other technologies, and called us infant cyborgs. Now, the other person who I did not bring up her bio, but she is on this podcast, also a co-author of the um, Cyborg Soldier 2050 paper, and her name is Diane DeUlius. She's assistant director and senior fellow. Okay, so areas of expertise, biodefense, and again, this is over at um, wmdcenter.ndu.edu. Okay, and this is the Center for the Study of Weapons of Mass Destruction at the National Defense University. All right, folks, these are some heavy hitters here. So again, her areas of expertise are biodefense, biosecurity, emerging technologies, synthetic biology, U.S. bioeconomy, cognitive neuroscience, neurobiology, emergency management, scientific collections, ethics and leadership in the life sciences, and weapons of mass destruction, preparedness, and response. All right, there's a listener of this show, a member of pain.tv slash gold that I've had conversations with that's in and around some of this. Hopefully, they're going to come on the show soon because they're going to talk about some of the ways that you can prepare in your life without having to go down the road of becoming like a full-blown prepper and living in a uh, underground RV breathing out of a straw uh, from the vent. <laughs> you know? All right, let me just read a little bit more about her because I didn't introduce her properly before. Uh, because she wasn't speaking in the first part of the podcast. But Dr. Diane DeUlius is a senior research fellow at National Defense University. Her research area focus on emerging biological technologies, biodefense, and preparedness for bio threats. Specific topic areas under this broad research portfolio include dual-use life sciences research, synthetic biology, the U.S. bioeconomy, disaster recovery, and behavioral, cognitive, and social science as it relates to important aspects of deterrence. 
Dr. Deulius currently has several research grants in progress and teaches in foundational professional military education. So you have Emmanuel and Deulius both tied into the military, into the government. I'll just give you a little bit more on her. I don't want to read all of this stuff, but it says prior to joining uh, National Defense University, Deulius was deputy director for policy and served as deputy assistant secretary for policy and planning in the office of the assistant secretary for preparedness and response, Department of Health and Human Services. She coordinated policy and research in support of domestic and international health emergencies such as Hurricane Sandy and Ebola outbreaks. She was responsible for implementation of the Pandemic All Hazards Preparedness Act, the National Health Security Strategy, and supported the Public Health Emergency Medical Countermeasures Enterprise. All right, so as you can see, this woman is just eyes deep in government just a career bureaucrat here i'll give you a little bit more from 2007 to 2011 dr Deulius was the assistant director for life sciences and behavioral and social sciences in the office of science and technology policy in the executive office of the president all right just in her bio alone how many government agencies and departments have you heard about that you never heard about <laughs> i know folks they're endless they are endless where I live here, probably 90% of the people work for the government or for a company contracted by the government. Oh, yeah, folks. You don't get to make money unless you work for the government. All right. During her tenure at the White House, she was responsible for developing policy in areas such as biosecurity and biodefense, synthetic biology, social and behavioral science, scientific collections, and biotechnology. Dr. Julius also worked to help coordinate agency response to public issues such as the H1N1 flu. All right, so you have this person here, right? Working in all these departments seems to be involved with public health, but now she co-authors a paper uh, sponsored by the Department of Defense in the U.S. Army called Cyborg Soldier 2050, the Human Machine fusion and the implications for the future of the department of defense okay so again you don't have to believe that dr peter emmanuel or dr diane deulius has any dominion over you but as you can see they are heavy hitters they have influence they wield power that's what i always say about these people we are not in positions of power when it comes to the governmental structure. So when people like this get together and write a paper commissioned by the Department of Defense, the Department of Defense is looking for their input on developing cyborg soldiers. They tend to have influence and wield some sort of power. Now, they can be crushed by their superiors, their information can be taken and then used for different purposes, but at the end of the day, these people have a seat at the table, and you will see that in both this podcast that we're currently reviewing and then in the second podcast uh, from military.com left a boom called The Dark Side of Military Super Soldier Technology, and this one features... Uh, two of the leading experts in the field, Dr. Edward T. Barrett, who is the Director of Research at the U.S. Naval Academy, 
Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership, an ethics professor in the Department of Leadership, Ethics, and Law, and Dr. Tony Pfaff, who is currently the Research Professor for Strategy for the Military Profession and Ethic at the Strategic Studies Institute at the U.S. Army War College. He's also a senior non-resident fellow at the Atlanta Council. So again, they're going to put these two guys in charge of ethics of using cyborg super soldiers who work for the government and the military. And you will see that ethically, uh, they're just looking at these issues as little road bumps, as little speed bumps and roadblocks that they have to get around in order to make this happen, folks, in order to bring on Skynet and the Terminator. All right, when we get back, let me show you a little bit about this brain initiative. Uh, This stuff's going to blow your mind. Again, this came up from the conversation we listened to with Dr. Charles Morgan III when he mentioned that DARPA had gotten money for 500 brain-machine interfaces. Those are brain chips. I'll just show you what I picked up. We're just going to skim the surface because we got to jump right into this podcast and finish reviewing this so we can move on and hopefully, eventually, get out of the military side of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Folks, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't had a chance yet, go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review and a comment. It really helps. And thank you to all of you who joined pain.tv slash gold and got access to the ad-free video version of this podcast where you can see all the videos and the notes I put up on the screen. And you also get access to the Thomas Paine podcast, the ad-free video version, and access to a fantastic community of like-minded individuals who are always willing to share intelligence with you, who are willing to look at the intelligence that you share, and who are also willing to tangle with you over issues they do not agree on, which is fine, folks. There are people over there that do not like my presentation style. That's okay. I'm just not for you. Uh, Hopefully you can find the information that I am providing in another podcast or in the near future. You'll be able to just push a button and have me deliver the content as someone else, maybe as Trump. And I can say, DARPA, unbelievable, it's so great. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency is a research and development agency of the United States Department of Defense. Love defense, love departments, so incredible, hate them all, so stupid. Or I can deliver it as any other of those wonderful characters you like out there, maybe Alex Jones. You push a button and I go, this is Alex Jones here with InfoWars, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA is a research and development agency full of goblins, pop belly goblins. Take your bone broth. Take your super male vitality. We're going to battle with this United States Department of Defense. Uh, you know, or that kind of thing. All right, folks, sorry. I got to laugh today because this stuff gets dark. All right, 
Let's get into this up on the screen. I just have the Wikipedia of this, so I can give you a quick overview for those of you who have not heard of DARPA. DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Okay, D-A-R-P-A. It's a research and development agency, the United States Department of Defense, responsible for the development emerging of emerging technologies for use by the military. So you're starting to see a running theme here, right? All of the people that we are reviewing and listening to who are discussing the cyborg soldier program come out of these emerging technologies and research into emerging technologies and keep their eye on emerging technologies to be used by the military or the intelligence apparatus, okay? I'll just give you a quick background here. Originally known as the Advanced Research Projects Agency, which was ARPA, the agency was created on February 7th, 1958 by President Dwight D. Eisenhower in response to the Soviet launching of Sputnik in 1957, which is quite interesting, folks, because you should see what Dwight Eisenhower said upon leaving office. Maybe I'll pull that up for you during the next break. By collaborating with academia, industry, and government partners, we call that the what, folks? The public-private partnership, right? The public-private partnership. Push the button. Here comes Trump. The public-private partnership. Unbelievable people. Great people. We come together. We do things together. So great. It goes on to say, DARPA formulates and executes research and development projects to expand the frontiers of technology and science, often beyond immediate United States military requirements. You got that? Research and development projects to expand the frontiers of technology and science, often beyond the immediate U.S. military requirements. So they're funding the future, folks, shaping the future with partners like Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and the rest of the technocratic transhumanist gang. All right, I'm just going to read you one more part here because it pulls in a little bit about COVID. It says the economist has called DARPA the agency, quote, that shaped the modern world, end quote, and pointed out that, quote, Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine sits alongside weather satellites, GPS, drones, stealth technology, voice interfaces, the personal computer, and the internet on the list of innovations for which DARPA can claim at least partial credit, end quote. In case you never heard that before, all of you guys so wrapped up with COVID-19 all the time, still trying to share articles about the government or private industry, uh, finally admitting to X, Y, and Z, and are they going to take responsibility for all the people that may be maimed or killed by the jab or the booster? Well, folks, right here, DARPA, remember, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Okay, and what are they doing? They're handling research and development projects to expand the frontiers of technology and science, often beyond immediate U.S. military requirements right? DARPA shaped the modern world. The Moderna COVID-19 vaccine is one of the things on the list of innovations for which DARPA can claim at least partial credit. So do you think anyone is getting into trouble? No, they are not going to get into trouble. 
Where will there be fall men? You know, people that uh, the government decides are expendable. I don't know. See, I don't believe a lot in that because I don't think the government has to perform for us. If there is no clear and present danger to the government, if there is no chance of an actual armed revolution, of real people organically getting in the streets, dragging certain individuals from both the public and private sectors out of their homes, and Momar Gaddafiing them in the streets, then why would they have to perform for us? Why do they have to even have a fall man? They don't really need to, because at the end of the day, nothing is going to happen. I'm not saying to go and do anything crazy. I am just telling you, it doesn't seem to me they need a fall man. So when the government itself, DARPA, is involved with creating Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine, and we can get into that on another show, because that does have to do with the type of technology and the bioscience stuff that I'm getting into here, I will talk about it. I just don't like to talk about COVID all the time because to me, it's um, over. I mean, not that it's over as far as uh, will these guys pull out more lockdowns? Are they going to continue to roll out more pharmaceuticals? No, that's that's here. But COVID to me was the great reset to usher in the fourth industrial revolution. So it already happened. We already lost that battle. They won it. Uh, And they are on track with rolling out their technologies. The only thing that actually holds them back at this point is the speed at which they can complete certain technologies and roll them out publicly. All right. That's what I that's how I see it anyway. That's my opinion. So they are their own worst enemy. There's no actual resistance within the world around us. I know there's more and more people and this is good growing out of what happened the last two years that are now growing more of their own vegetables, seeking out uh, more natural forms of food from farmers and such, doing things like we're doing. But at the end of the day, you know, that stuff can uh, can be stopped as well. But I think it is a good thing that we're seeing a pushback in that regard. It's just the issue is that the people don't know about the real plans. They don't know about the technologies being rolled out. They don't understand where this stuff comes from they don't understand where we're going and so that's what i'm trying to do here at this show as you guys know so that you can use this information to try to wake up more people if they understood the real problems then we could make bigger steps to try to avoid this stuff or push back against it all right the point of me showing you darpa here is so that i could get over to this uh, page right here, DARPA.mil. This is the military's website. Again, at the top, it's DARPA Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. And I started digging into this a little bit because uh, Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays, put it back on my radar about a week or so ago. We talked about this together years ago. And now it ties back into Dr. James Giordano, Dr. Charles Morgan III, Dr. Peter Emanuel, Dr. Diane DeUlius, and the rest of this uh, transhumanist, technocratic, science, engineer, and doctor world that we're dealing with now. But uh, I wasn't going to talk about this until we got to James Giordano except that Dr. Charles Morgan went and jumped the gun on us, folks, and mentioned that DARPA had received funding back in 2018 to implant 500 brain chips into uh, humans, 
is what he said he believed was going to happen. Now, when he says he believes it, you know, it's probably accurate because he has access to more intelligence than we have. Obviously, he's an insider. But up here, uh, I have this. It's a DARPA and the Brain Initiative. Now, I'm not going to go into depth on this because we are going to cover it in a few episodes. But let me just give you a quick little rundown of what kind of projects the Brain Initiative is rolling out under DARPA. It says right here, the White House announced the Brain Initiative in April 2013. Today, the initiative is supported by several federal agencies, as well as dozens of technology firms, academic institutions, scientists, and other key contributors to the field of neuroscience. DARPA is supporting the Brain Initiative through a number of programs, continuing a legacy of DARPA investment in neurotechnology that extends back to the 1970s. Okay, so you have DARPA involved with investing in neurotechnology going back to the 1970s. You know, we're just starting to see this stuff being rolled out publicly. It's popping up on more people's radar, which is a good thing, but it goes all the way back to the 1970s. An article in our 60th anniversary magazine, this is DARPA, provides an overview of the agency's recent research aimed at expanding the frontiers of the field and enabling powerful new capabilities. And so when we're listening to Dr. Peter Emanuel and Dr. Diane DeUlius and the others that will come up in this series that we're doing, just remember, this is what it all ties back to. This is all part of the emerging technologies that they talk about. Let's just go through a couple of them here. They have electrical prescriptions. They call that ElectRx. The ElectRx program aims to help the human body heal itself through neuromodulation of organ functions using ultra-miniaturized devices approximately the size of individual nerve fibers, which could be delivered through minimally invasive injection. And so... When you are on this website, and I'll just show those of you uh, on the video side of this podcast over at pain.tv slash gold, you can click on these and then go into depth on each of these subjects. And we will be doing that in a few shows. But say underneath electrical prescriptions, then they have three bullet points, right? Works, uh, work begins to support self-healing of body and mind. Elect RX has the nerve to uh, envision revolutionary therapies for self-healing. President Obama highlights new DARPA programs aimed at developing novel therapies customized to individual patients, right? So you can click on each of these and then go get more information on those. But that's an important one there, folks. President Obama highlights new DARPA program aimed at developing novel therapies customized to individual patients. Now, if you're a listener of the Joe Rogan podcast and you followed many of the doctors during COVID who were elevated, who claimed to be warning about the vaccine, certain other individuals uh, that have been prevalent in speaking out against the vaccine who are involved with investment companies backing some of these novel therapies and some of the Joe Rogan guests as well, some of these doctors that people would jump on 
as sort of like a Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, the new trading card hero that gets thrown in front of them. It's a shiny object. They grab onto it. And the next thing you know, they're promoting all of these doctors. Well, folks, many of these doctors are actually behind the novel therapies customized to individual patients. Some of these will be in the form of DNA modifying shots. So, I don't want to get into that right now. I don't need to start any wars in this uh, small community. But I will say, folks, be careful what you grab onto. Be careful what they throw in front of you as a new shiny object. Because many of those doctors who you thought were your friends and your allies speaking out against the mRNA technology are lined up. And their purpose is to push the next version, which is the truly DNA-modifying technologies. All right. Think about that for a minute, folks. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 